0: it's monday that can only mean one thing well it can mean several things really especially if you're bob geldoff it means you're about to sing tell me why i don't like mondays or whatever he sings i like mondays mondays are great because i get to speak to you wonderful people and we get to talk about ghosts hooray first day of the week let's start your week off in a spooky way So, just pop there spooky P-sounds, plosives they're called, but they ruin the recording. Need a pop stand, should get one. How are you all doing guys? I hope you're all doing fantastically well, as is the podcasting mantra. All podcasters say it, all podcasters mean it, I like to think. I know I certainly do anyway. So we have a fantastic show lined up for you today. We of course are firstly going to say thank you to our new Patreons, then we're going to have a paranormal review where I've been listening to an amazing audiobook and you're going to hear all about it. Then we've got your ghost stories, my favourite part of the show, and then we take a trip into the corner which is owned by Becca as she looks through a story from Reddit to do with the paranormal in what we call Becca's Reddit Paranormal Corner. It might be Becca's Paranormal Corner or Paranormal Corner Reddit Corner. I don't know what it's called anymore, but we'll go there anyway and it'll be dead good. So, without further ado, let's say a big thank you to our newest Patreons. Now, don't forget, when you sign up to Patreon, you get two extra shows each and every week. One where I have a bit of a ramble, as you can tell, I like to do that. And the second one where we focus, or try to focus, we do our very best to focus on something truly paranormal. You get two shows each and every week, and you just need to go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now, not only do you get the extra shows and about 200 episodes in back catalogue, you also get me, yes, hi, I'm Kev, singing your name as a thank you. And we're going to do that right now. The guitar is well and truly out. and We have five wonderful new patrons to say thank you to. We have Jess Childers, Sin, Autumn, Amanda Walker and Will Gebhardt, And this song is for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just children's sin Autumn to man A man who walk her will Oh, there's will Will Gabba Signed up as well Thank you Oh, oh, oh Thank you For signing up to Patreon Ended it on a seventh there. Thank you, guys. Don't forget, head over to patreon.com forward slash We Need to Talk About Ghosts. And not only do you get all the other stuff, I sing your name. How exciting. Anyway, let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Hooray, it's time for a paranormal review. Where I review, everyone join in. So you don't have to. It doesn't make sense, Curve. I know. Anyway, today's review is an audiobook. I'm sure it's a normal book too, you know, if you don't like people talking in your ears. In which case, why are you listening to a podcast? Anyway, the book is called Evil Archaeology, right? And it's a book that's been written by Heather Lynn, PhD. Or Dr. Lynn, if you will. I didn't spend three years to become a Heather at university. No, anyway... It's really good. It's narrated by Amy Landon if you do it on Audible, which is where I got it. But I'm sure you can buy it as a paperback or hardback or whatever else. Anyway, it's a factual book, as in it's not a fiction book. It's a non-fiction book about the history of demons in culture. And it's effing amazing. I'm going to read you the blurb so you can get, because that will do it more justice than I could. And then I'll tell you what I think about the book. Okay, so the blurb says this. An investigation into the historical and archaeological evidence of demons, curses and possession, featuring some of the most gruesome artefacts and sites ever discovered. Demons, djinn, possession, sinister artefacts and gruesome archaeological discoveries, archaeological discoveries haunt this new book by Dr Heather Lynn, Evil Archaeology. Blah 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 blah. It says it also looks at the history and law behind real relics believed to be haunted and includes historical accounts of demon possession that goes far back as King Solomon invoking the demons to help him build his famed temple. Is there really a prehistoric fertility goddess figure that has been known to bring death to the families of anyone who holds it? Question mark. Are there real vampire graveyards? Question mark. Can the archaeological record prove the existence of demons and malevolent entities? Some tantalizing questions evil archaeology will address include, are you ready? Here we go. What is the origin of demons? What role did Sumerian demons play in the development of civilization? I don't know why I'm doing this accent. Are curses real? Can material objects contain evil? What about places? What can we do to protect ourselves according to historical records? And, and this is my favourite question, was Jesus an exorcist? I hope you can tell by the inflection in my voice that they were all very important questions. Right, now my experience of this book is it's phenomenal. I put it on going to bed, which is not wise, because it starts with talk about Pazuzu. As you all know, he's the chap from the Exorcist films who has one hand up. Now, it turns out it's one hand pointing to the heavens and one hand pointing to hell. Yes, it does. But it's fascinating. It's really good. And if you're into the history and etymology around some of the words used and all this carry on, I would genuinely suggest getting this book. It's fascinating. I'm halfway through. And there's not been a bad part so, so far. Really well put together. So the book is called Evil Archaeology by Dr. Heather Lynn. And And um, this is not a pay promotion, guys. Right, I just bought this because he had a credit on Audible and thought I'd share it with you. So if you like that stuff, maybe you've got a credit on Audible yourself. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to buy it off Amazon or wherever else you get your books. Barnes & Noble is a stateside place, I believe. Anyway, go and check it out because it's dead good. Two thumbs up to the sky. It's my favourite part of the show, where I get to talk about your true paranormal experiences, and I love this. I genuinely do. It's one of the perks of my week. I sincerely mean that, and I hope it is for you, too. So, we're going to jump right in. Our first email comes in from Kinnar, and they say, Hello, Kevin. Hi. Becca. Hi. And the neighbour's cat. Meow. Ooh, it's feeling sassy today, N.C., This is the experience that I had on a ship I was stationed on back in the 2000s. In 2003, I transferred to an LHD just in time for the Second Gulf War. An LHD is an amphibious assault ship. They carry an Embarked Marine Expeditionary Unit, which consists of the Ground Combat Element and the Ace Combat Element, increasing the ship's complement from 1500 to 3000. During the opening weeks of Operation Iraqi Freedom 23 members of the Marine Expeditionary Unit were killed in action I had such a surreal empty feeling Watching the ceremony as the full weight of Lawrence Binion's words settled on my mind They went with songs to battle They were young Straight of limb, true of eye, steady and aglow They shall not grow old As we that are left grow old "'Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. "'At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. "'They mingle not with their laughing comrades again. "'They set no more at familiar tables of home. "'Luckily, out of that Marine expeditionary unit, "'those were the only men that were lost. "'It's a hard thing to watch battle-hardened Marines "'cling to each other for support "'as they openly grieve the loss of their battle-buddies.' and try to deal with the insane level of survivor's guilt and still go on with the task. Skipping forward to the autumn of 2005, I had duty. Duty consists of staying on board the ship for 24 hours, doing basic housekeeping and whatever leftover work from the day that needs to be finished, plus watch standing. The watch I had this duty day was the 8 o'clock to midnight topside rover, This consists of trudging around the perimeter of the flight deck with a 9mm at your hip and an M16 on your shoulder. Ostensibly, this is to watch for any kind of attack on the ship. After being relieved from the watch and downloading my weapons, which is unloading any rounds and the magazine from your side and long arms and turning them into the armoury, I had to answer the call of nature. Scrambling down the ladder at the aft end of the compartment, I hit the jackpot in one of the marine berthings. After taking care of business, I stepped out of the head and heard the TV and sounds of people playing spades from the other side of the space I was in. Curious, I called out. Getting no answer, I headed to the port side, where the sounds were coming from. As I neared, I noticed the sound didn't increase in volume. Clearing the last row of racks, think bunk beds but more like shelves to sleep in and not nearly as fun. The sound faded out completely. Looking up at the TV... I saw that it was unplugged and hadn't even been on. In a moment of pure bravery... I noped the fuck out of there and bagged my arse to my birthing. I climbed into my own rack... Pulled my grey woolly... Which is a grey woolen blanket made out of the finest itch the Navy can buy... And went to sleep with one eye open. I didn't mention this to anyone the next day or for a few weeks... One day, I was taking care of some work-related business that took me near the birthing that I'd had my experience. I heard people cleaning and prepping it to lock up for a while. Entering, I saw that I knew one of the people working in the space from the smoke deck. I chatted with her for a bit. Eventually, I decided to broach the subject. Hey, um, have you experienced anything weird in the birthing? She gave me a look. You too, right? I explain what happened to me that night and she goes on to tell me that others have had the same experience some hearing laughter some hearing the sound of cards being played along with the tv being on or a mix of all three she asked if I'd been on board for the war cruise saying that I had she informs me that the 23 marines that had been lost were bunked in this berthing. sailors Being a curious mix of sceptical pragmatists mixed with a heavy dose of superstition, we both shrugged at each other and carried on with our day. Eventually that bear thing was rehabbed in the shipyard. The floors had been redone and new racks were installed. After the installation we did what we call a shakedown float. This is to see that all new installations and equipment are working within parameters. The second day of the shakedown, there was a minor incident in the birthing, where mine and my department's racks were located. It was bad enough that we had to move to the birthing where I had my experience. The entire time we had to sleep there, I would have horrible nightmares about being in combat. There are two things about this. One, I haven't had nightmares since I was little. And two, I've never been in combat. I wasn't the only one. There were several others. For me, they got so bad that I would only go to the birthing to shower and change. The rest of the time, I would sleep in my shop. We did move back to our birthing after a month or two, and not long after that, I transferred to shore duty. I'm still in contact with current and former crew members through social media. Every so often, I'll ask if anyone has had anything weird happen in that birthing invariably I will get at least one or two DMs telling me their experiences. Those I'll keep to myself because they're not mine to tell. Wow, Kenna, what an amazing story. I mean, thank you firstly for being a sailor out there and saving us, especially now with all the madness in the world. But um, that's insane. And it's very interesting, isn't it? That like, you know, these poor guys or ladies or both have been out and they've been killed in war. And then it looks like they may come back to their digs and... Not, you know, just carry on as normal Which is one of the theories about ghosties, of course Terrifying, well done, Kinnear That's a brilliant story And um, terrifying and very sad too At the same time But thank you so much for sending it in Now don't forget, if you've got a story and you want to send it in Send it into contact at talkaboutghosts.com And I will read it out Now we've got a couple of shorter emails That have came in, which we're going to read now First one is from Christopher He writes, hi Kev, hi Becca, hi Neighbor's cat meow It's been a while since I've written in with a story But as luck would have it I was just told this a few hours ago By my wife's sister-in-law Who I will refer to as Kay So here we go Her best friend's grandparents died a week apart from one another Grandfather first, then grandmother They had her cremated and placed the urn in the casket with his grandfather During the funeral Kay had to get up and make her way to the bathroom So she stood up and turned her head towards the aisle from the pew That's when she noticed her best friend's grandmother Standing in the centre aisle With her hands placed one on top of the other Watching the priest speak She turned and smiled at Kay Who smiled and nodded back Kay sat back down and grabbed her best friend's hand He turned and said I thought you desperately needed to go to the bathroom To which Kay replied Not that badly Thanks, Chris. That is a terrifying story. It truly is. I mean, who wants to come and watch their own funeral? Would you? I don't know whether I would. I mean, I'd love to see the numbers. I'd like a report on my funeral. You know, I'd like someone to hand me a piece of paper and it could be like, here's the guest list. Here's the number of people who cried. Here's the number of people who didn't cry and didn't want to be there. I'd be like, oh, bastards. But I don't think I'd like to actually be there and watch people I love cry. I'd be like, no, it's all right. Because then I'd definitely have to go back and haunt them. Here's some tea. They'd be like, ah, it's ghost tea. Fucking hell. Anyway, thank you, Chris. Terrifying little tale you've got there. Now, our next, I think, is our shortest story to date, right? And I think um, we've got uh, one of our youngest listeners who sent it in. So I'm going to read that out now. They do wish to remain anonymous, but this is their email. This happened when I was in eighth grade. It was a Sunday morning, and my mum said that I got up in the middle of the night, but I clearly remember being in bed the whole night. Do you think I could have been sleepwalking, or was it something else pretending to be me? There we go. Short, sweet, and absolutely terrifying. Kind of like the Queen if she was on a drunken rampage. But yeah, um, anonymous, youngster, I don't know. I mean, it could have been you, sleepwalking. Yes, it could have been. Do you know, are you known to sleepwalk? That would be the first question. You know, if your mum says, yes, you've sleptwalked since you were five, then you could go like, oh, well, it was me. But if if not, maybe it's not something pretending to be you. Maybe your mother assumed you'd be the only one of that size going past her bedroom. And it's not something pretending to be you. It's a demon in its own right. Just realised I might be talking to a very young child. Ignore that. It's not a demon. It's just a lost elf from when Santa was there. And he's left your house now. He's no longer there. He's not walking around going, guess I better live feral in the house now. And he's also from Cornwall. Anyway, thank you so much for sending that in. Um, yeah, if anyone else is out there, that's how short your emails can be. I've got some really big emails that I'm banking to read out next week. Um, but yes, yeah, send your stories in. Contact at talkaboutghost.com And what I'll do, me here, Kev. Hi, I'll read them out. But thank you so much to everyone who submitted a story this week, as big or as short as it may be. Its size isn't important. Moving swiftly on, let's head to Becca's Reddit Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. Hi everyone, welcome to Becca's Reddit Corner. I'm sure she'll say it better than I very shortly. Um, Becca, hello. Hello. Do
1: you hear that knocking?
0: I do hear that knocking.
1: You keep on knocking, but you can't come in. They can't, they can't
0: come in. I know they can't come in. It's very annoying because because I don't have a studio or any place to call my own in terms of recording. If they're going to be doing construction next door, this is going to be one very frustrating afternoon. Well,
1: they can't be constructing that much in a flat three floors up. Or...
0: No, that's true, but you know what I mean. Taking another now. <laughs> well, taking another out, putting another in, fixture and fittings, basic general handyman work. Mm-hmm. You know. What's happened in your week? Anything supernatural? No. Forgive the knockings, guys. We are being visited by the spirits of construction. Um, so it's Becca's Reddit Corner. Do you want to welcome them to the corner? I'll pass you this story for you to read and that's how we do
1: it. Yes, I will. I will welcome when I have the story ready.
0: There you go. The story is ready.
1: Thank you. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. The title of this story is, My Office is Haunted. How do I convince sceptical co-workers?
0: What an interesting question.
1: Let's begin. Let's go. I work an evening shift, 3pm to 1am, four days a week in my office with a couple of other people, and on occasion I'm sat here alone when they're on vacation or in training. There's another evening shift that works the other half of the week. I've heard footsteps when no one was in the building, had all the motion-activated faucets in the men's room turn on at once, and could swear I've heard my name being called when no one was here. One of the people who works the other half of the week is just as convinced as I am that the place is haunted and has had similar experiences. Her most notable one was hearing something that fell or was dropped in the large room where all our cubicles are, and when she walks around to check, couldn't find anything that had fallen. Aside from that, and it's nothing threatening, it's mostly creepy feelings of being watched, or like we might see something if we walk into a dark room, especially the lobby, which I won't go in with the lights off. The creepiest experience I had was hearing footsteps behind me, right on the other side of my <laughs> Jesus, what was that?
0: Something just fell behind you. <laughs> um, it
1: actually did. Yeah. Uh, that... it... um, so, because we live in flats, when we have washing, we just literally have to drape it everywhere on like coat hangers. Yeah, I think it was a piece floor. of washing. I don't know which. Um, but... So I think it'll be. I don't know. It's. It'll be a coat hanger, won't
0: it? Yeah, it will be a hanger of some sort. But yeah, it just fell off anyway. Uh,
1: I'll need to find it and pick it up though, otherwise that will just sit there damp
0: Yes, yes, we, we all Dreadful. understand what can happen with damp washing.
1: Yes. Um. The creepiest experience I had was hearing footsteps behind me, right on the other side of my cubicle wall, that went on for several minutes like someone was pacing back and forth, trying to get my attention. I just refused to look and ignored it until they stopped. The rest of our co-workers, especially people who work on the day shift, are a lot more sceptical. How do I convince them that there's something going on here?
0: Hmm. And what would your advice to that be, Becca?
1: Well, before we go into my advice, Mm. I would like to go with the first person's advice here and reply. Is convincing them worth saddling yourself with the reputation as the crazy person who sees ghosts?
0: It's a good question, actually, (laughs) yeah? yeah?
1: Are you sure? So before we go down a how-to, should we go down, is this the best move? Yeah, should
0: we do it at all?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Because as someone who is saddled with the crazy reputation of seeing ghosts... Mm -hmm. Um then I can honestly say it may not be worth it. I mean, sorry again for the knocking, it's just people like to do some renovations. Um to put it into perspective, there's obviously potential arm again via nuclear war going on at the moment. And to quote, I made a joke about witches today on my my friend's WhatsApp group. Right. WhatsApp group. And Lewis, my very good friend, said um, The one benefit of nuclear obliteration is the end to your crazy beliefs. (laughs) So that's what you might have to put up with there, stranger.
1: Yeah. um,
0: So what would you say? How would they? Are they best trying to convince their skeptical co-workers, or should they just shut up?
1: They should probably just shut up. Um, It's no one like someone banging on about ghosts.
0: (laughs) uh, Welcome to the podcast, (laughs) Becca.
1: Always. um, I mean, they're not really convincing me. Like, especially when they're saying about the footsteps, I just refuse to look. Like, well, maybe if you had, you'd have seen what it was, you know. True. I, yeah, yeah. Never mind this. Um, and, like, something was dropped, but they couldn't find anything that was dropped. Like, what? That? No, it could be anything, I get you. Yeah. There's no way you've got, like, a complete memory of everything that's on that floor. Like, it's just not. But
0: at the same time, it could be something paranormal. See, if you come from the standpoint of something could never be paranormal, then there's no point to having the debate with these people. That's the point. Yes, yeah, so so I wonder
1: you continue to ask
0: me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean is. Like this lady is saying, or this man, I am, pl- I am fair as a lady. But this person is saying, um, you know, should I say to these people, I think this place is haunted. And in truth, if they're just a stubborn sceptic who refuses to listen to anything other than their own blinkered beliefs. No, let them be. It, stay in that. Don't try and convince someone of something they're never going to believe.
1: Well, I'd like to ask this person, why is it so important to them that other people acknowledge it too? Like, um, if they know and they're just convinced, like, no, it's definitely haunted, these things can't be explained, it's the only option. Like, what is there to gain by, well, like, why why is it such a problem that other people don't believe it?
0: Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Very good point. Like,
1: because let's say they get everyone on board, right, and everyone does believe it. Like what next? The company's not going to start paying for an exorcist tonight. You know? <laughs> well, like, it's it seems what like what yeah. What are the next steps? Well, or is it all just a, a desperate ruse? Because maybe they're a bit lonely and they want someone else with them at all times. So if they say it's haunted and everyone agrees it's haunted, they don't have to do shifts on their own anymore.
0: Well, possibly, but I mean, there there is two things to what you said there. Firstly, it could also be that they just want to get off because a mate of mine did once infamously leave his position in KFC because he said he saw a ghost and went <laughs> I got home. that,
1: yeah, he genuinely got yeah, did he? Yeah, he locked
0: himself in a cupboard, and when the next person turned up, he said he'd seen a ghost and couldn't stay.
1: Because <laughs> Sorry, he... I've got to go home, I've seen a ghost. But that was
0: solely because he wanted to play on video games with me. <laughs> um, but secondly, there is a warehouse in Birmingham that in the 70s, and they had footage of this, it's on YouTube somewhere, uh, so many people were saying there was a ghost there. They actually brought in an exorcist to the building. The right. the management did. They decided to. Mm.
1: So, so they probably you know, just did it to shut everyone off.
0: Well, it also got them on the telly as well, and I'm pretty sure they were like, "So if you need curtains, don't forget to come down to Joe's Haunted <laughs> Emporium."
1: You know, um, do you remember that episode of Parks and Recreation where all the townspeople in Pawnee are going mad because they think there's a curse um, oh. on the site, and so the they get in like like the local chief mm. that sh- and is. And Leslie Hope is like pleasing with him, like, I know this is all, just do us a favour, just for show. Will you just, so he starts coming out with this nonsense to like, right. and it's also, also nonsense, and he's probably just like slating them as, he, as he's doing yeah. it um, in his native language, but yeah, it's just like really, and she's just like, it doesn't matter what you say, just say anything here, just do us a favour and let them think that you're lifting this curse. Yeah, so it's really an interesting
0: good. one because curses are all in the mind, I think. I think they do work, but I think it's all, you know, the power of the brain and nothing else, really. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you want? Oh, funny enough, we were talking the other day, wasn't we? I don't know whether we were talking about it on a Patreon or not, but in essence, we was talking about how TV and Hollywood sometimes has nods towards psychic powers existing and the supernatural existing and don't reference them. So it happens on Frasier yeah. quite often, as we mentioned, where hmm. Daphne Moon has a psychic vision, and it's proven within some sort of other shot of the show to be happening, isn't yeah, it?
1: it? Yeah, it ends up coming true and kind of no one...
0: No one references it, it or says, oh, look, Daphne's a real psychic. Yeah. And we were saying how, how Hollywood tends to do that. You know, they say, like, we watched Kingsman or Kinsman. Kingsman, yeah. And um, Rasputin was on it. He'd done something which was magic or psychic and or they laughed it off. Yeah, but we pointed it. But then you were watching the Mindy Project the other day, wasn't you? Mm-hmm. And I said to you, as she just had, is this a full show about precognition of future events? And you went, yeah. And it was, wasn't it? And again...
1: Oh, the time loop? Yeah. No, that was a time loop, not recognition of future events.
0: Oh, sorry, but she was living... Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the supernatural <laughs> then. She was living in a time loop, was she not? Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah like exactly. a Groundhog Day scenario. Yeah. So or a Russian go. Doll scenario. Uh,
0: time... It's Groundhog Day works better, I think.
1: No, I'm in that show.
0: Oh, Russian show, Doll. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. With mm. The woman with the weird accent. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! She's not New York. She's like... It's like if you've got a New York accent, it turned up to 11, then multiplied it by the New York accent and then added a touch of New York accent.
1: As if you're au fait with the nuances of American accents by region.
0: I know New York. <laughs> yeah, you do not. I know New York. I want to turn one. Oh, dear. I'm going to cross the road. Can what they pronounce that? it ours?
1: Yeah, why wouldn't they be able to pronounce it ours?
0: I'm going to cross the road. No, they can't. I'm going to cross the road. I'm going to look in the mirror. So they do say, Americans do say, mirror, that's how they pronounce it. mirror. You know, mirror, like what you're looking and see a reflection.
1: Yeah.
0: Mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah. They say, mirror, mirror, on the wall.
1: And they pronounce Kerry as Carrie.
0: Carry. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I watched Sheriff. a TV
1: show for years that I thought one of the characters in it was Carrie. And it said when I finally saw it written down, it was Carrie. And I was like, that's not Carrie. Sheriff it's is Carrie. another one. Sheriff. That's not. I that. mean, this is no a very
0: specific that. part of America. <laughs> <laughs> um Sheriff. Oh, Here's no, the, the sheriff. To... What are you talking about? No, one says sheriff. No, what's a sheriff? You know, for sheriff. I don't... was looking in the
1: mirror and I saw the sheriff. I, I'm a bit worried we've already gone past offensive. And,
0: yeah, me too. And
1: we're firmly, firmly in offensive territory. I think there's, I don't even know if we can...
0: Water off a duck's back. Water off a duck back.
1: What was it, that weird pronunciation of water i had the other day whoa, i was like no whoa. one says that oh that, this is it yeah you were there water. my dad reckons he works with someone proper northern hmm. who says water, water. i was like no oh, no, no one no. says water really no. and he was like no they do no
0: they do i've heard northern people water. say water
1: like, what what is that stop it
0: get me a glass of water yeah. i have i've heard it I'm
1: like why
0: you know what, uh, well, I said, I,
1: like, you know what he said to him i said have they not heard of magic magic e <laughs> he's like what <laughs> I, like, yeah I said, do you want to
0: explain magic magic e magic
1: the... magic e Turns lob into lobe turns rob into robe turns sob into soap magic magic e And
0: you did invent two words in the process. that <laughs> yes. song too well uh, No um you know what one of my favourite northern sayings is this isn't paranormal but I'll I'll stop it now. Um let's see if you understand where it is. Eh hey, put wood in thole. What? Put wood in thole.
1: put the wood in the hole.
0: Yeah, which means what?
1: Is it not just put the wood in the hole?
0: No, close the door. What? Put wood in the That's
1: a leap to say a door frame no, is a hole. No, that's what it
0: means. If you, if you, I know it,
1: what you're saying. I it's, guarantee It's yeah, not a hole,
0: is it? Yeah, Carla and Carla's from St. Helens and her brother Josh is very St. Helian. I mm-hmm. guarantee if you say to Josh, Josh, do you know what this means? Put wood in the I
1: would have thought... No, no, not a hole because the door frame isn't really a hole. I mean, I guess well, technically it is. it is, but like, it's not how you describe it. If I said to you, "There's a hole in the wall," and it was a door frame, you'd be like, "Come you
0: know, on. I'd say go and get your head tested." <laughs> you know, you're right, but you're saying it wrong. Well,
1: there you go. you could say go and get your head tested. You're technically right. Yeah,
0: but in the same way that if you said there are flakes of corn in my bowl, I'd say you mean cornflakes, and if you were like, no, I'd be like, get your head tested. Mm-hmm. And put wood it thaw on way out. Would it thaw? And I will look in the mirror and phone the sheriff. Anyway, none of this is paranormal, so I am gonna. Escort myself out of your corner. Okay. Thank you for having me in, though. You are welcome. Okay. See you next week.
1: Goodbye, guys.
0: Tell you bye. <laughs>